Hello and welcome to the Stu Simpson Show podcast. And if you've listened before, welcome back. Today is a very, very special day indeed. I have missed this person terribly um, because we said goodbye at the end, the actual end, end of my journey on the Camino. And it's my very good friend, Marta. Hello, Marta. How are you today? I missed you. I'm fine. And you? <laughs> I've missed you. I miss you too. <laughs> well, hopefully in June, fingers crossed, we'll see each other again. Yes. So we'll see what happens. But yeah. That'd be good. And Andrea and Rebecca, and we're going to have, we'll have so much fun. So, but the people at home, um, they, they might not, I have probably mentioned your name in a couple of podcasts in the past, um, but they don't know who you are. Can you tell us a little bit about you? Who is Martin? Is, how do you pronounce your surname, for, for starters? <laughs> so, um, yes, I'm Marta. I'm 20 and I rock the Camino and met you there it was a really good time and yes it's, what do you want to know it's in your surname is it Seibrecht Seibrecht your surname yes Seibrecht Seibrecht Marta Seibrecht so welcome everybody to Marta Seibrecht today's <laughs> guests on the podcast so what have you been up to since the since you left the Camino I yes the first time it was really hard to came back home it's I need much time to get here. But then I looked up for my nice and it was a really nice time. And now it's time to find a journey. <laughs> yes. It was, I found it quite hard to readjust coming back. Was it difficult for you too? Yes. Um, I thought in the mirror and I didn't know who is the girl. I want to be here. Yeah. But yes, I think I changed on the Camino. It's nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I saw you change on the Camino. I met you um, in Orison and on, I think it was my second day, or third day, second or third day. Um, and we sat next to each other around the, the, big, the big tables in the massive room and Andrew was on the other side. And uh, you were the first person I spoke to <laughs> or, or, tried, or tried to speak to. <laughs> Yes, you ask me if it's a lot of strange things, and it's yeah, it was what hard. A lot of stranger people. <laughs> yes, yes, it was. Well, because I discovered, well, everybody does on the Camino a lot about myself, and um, and I've always known for a long time that I'm quite. People think I'm verbose. And when they first meet me, they think I'm really, really confident. But that a lot of that's just a mask to um, to mask my social insecurity, my social anxiety stuff. And it was interesting that you kind of, in that situation, went very inward, and I just went very outward. But we sat right next to each other. So I'm like, "Hello, Marta. Who are you? What do you do? And where are you from? And what's the sort?" And you're like, "Leave me alone." <laughs> <laughs> and I, it was a few, it was a couple of weeks into walking obviously Andrea and I got on extremely well um and you you're, you're both German and you know knew each other from from meeting in Orison and um so you were walking with him and then I was sort of there and then you and I just started talking and all of a sudden I told you about how I deal with social anxiety and you were like oh I'm the same but different <laughs> yes but it's nice to be different but I love to have you in my life. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And um, there was so much, in, I found so much in common 
with with you and with Andre um, and Rebecca in but in different ways. Um, so in the Camino does change everybody, and I had my own reasons for doing the Camino. I was wondering why in the first place did you decide to do the Camino yourself? Because you're only twenty, and it was quite a quite a thing at twenty years old to decide I'm going to walk across the country. How did that happen? Um, I was thinking about a year ago about doing the Camino. And I thought, I'm not tough enough. I don't want it to do it now. So, and then my grandpa dies, and I told about I want to do the Camino. And then my grandma told to me, your granddad wants to do the Camino once in his life, but first he had no time, then he had no money, and then he was too old. And that was the point I say. I have to do it now. Maybe I don't have enough money to do it, but I cannot do it very cheap. And so I started the Camino at that point. <laughs> Amazing. Wasn't there some, did you say, see some symbols or a box or something with things in? Did, we, did you get any sort of like signs that that was just a decision? You said, right, my grandma wanted to do it. Um, did, so did you kind of do it for him on his behalf? Maybe a bit, but I also do it for me, so in both ways. That's lovely. But so you've got quite a strong connection with your family. Yes. Yeah. And did you feel as if they were sort of, because you told me an awful lot about your family and all that stuff and your sister and the baby and um, it was <laughs> just wonderful. And you heard how close you are to, to all of them. And um, that must have been quite a struggle for you. It's, it's, when you understand this, you're only 20 years old and you're away from your family for the first time ever. That was so brave. Did, 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 time, yeah. did you feel brave? I don't know. I don't understand it. why I'm brave. I'm just walking, so I don't know. But I think it's a big deal. And I don't like to leave my family at home and start a own journey, but... Everyone have to do his own memories. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, what what were your favorite memories? On the, on, is there something that really stands out to you from the Camino? <laughs> Not just in general. <laughs> um, I think I have a bit more favorite memories, but I two words in my mind. The first one is was in La Puente La Reina, mm -hmm. and there. I was walking around to look up for a supermarket and want to cook something. And then I met some guys and they asked me if I want to cook with them together. And I said, yes. And so we planned cooking together. And in the area again, I met uh, Nikolai. It's a guy from Germany. And we were just talking and the group was cooking three hours, four hours, and then Nikolai asked me if we want to go to dinner outside in a restaurant, and I said yes, and he answered me questions I didn't have before, and explained my life a bit, I think. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was very deep, and can't explain it in words, what feelings that it was from a guy I didn't know before, and he knows so much about me. <laughs> Oh, that's wonderful. 
And uh, are, you, are you still in touch with Nikolai? Um, yes, we have still contact. Excellent. Um, and who else are you keeping? It's obviously myself, because I'm amazing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're just setting up a really good friendship. And, um, and there's Rebecca, and just still here from Andrew is really hard to get in touch with, but yeah, I try. He's not very good. But he did say this before I left that he was not very good at texting. <laughs> so one of my favorite favorite memories from the Camino myself was an um it was over for, for Andrew in Santiago. And I was you know, I was a I was a mess. I was a big mess. Um because I became so close with him. I was so looking forward to actually spending some time with you in the last few days, because you you kind of um for a couple of weeks went away. Um, because you yeah. decided that you wanted to do the Camino on your own for a while and experience some of that. Um, and I was, and I had him, him, him imagining in my head that you were making friends everywhere and, and having really, really lots of fun. I was like, well, that's why he doesn't want to come along and hang out with these old guys. I totally understand. <laughs> um, but then I saw you just the, the day before we got to Santiago and there was a big hostel. And I was meditating quite early in the morning and I could just sense somebody in the room and I opened my eyes and there you were, like a vision. It was it was quite a, a marvellous experience. Um, it was it, one of my second favorite memories. I walking in the morning into the room and I want to eat breakfast and then I saw you there and it was, oh my gosh, I want to hug him, but he's meditating. <laughs> I don't have to touch him now. <laughs> it was a funny thing because well a little weirdly and i've never put the two and two together but there was a random cat came in just before you turned up before the meditation it just sort of sat with me and allowed it sort of maybe it was premonition there's lots of weird sort of spiritual things happened on the camino so i couldn't stand the speaking of albergues i i couldn't i hated them i hate that because i'm a very late sleeper uh, and they were like, you have to be in bed by half past 10. And that was really hard for me because of the whole ADHD and insomnia thing. Um, did, were you all right with the with the albergues? Did you sleep well? You seemed to. Yes, I most of the time I sleep well in the albergues. I had noise cancellers for my ears. It was mm -hmm. brilliant. <laughs> and yes, I'm the lucky one. If I sleep, I sleep. Everything can happen around me. I can't imagine it. <laughs> That's wonderful. I wish I, I wish I could have that. Because um, yeah, Rebecca, not Rebecca, um, Zoffy, Zoffy. Uh, did you meet Zoffy? Yes. 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 So, 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 so Hungarian girl. <laughs> yeah. So she was. Um, oh, that's the only time you met her. So she kind of picked up where you kind of left off. So you left us for a bit, and then we kind of picked up as. Uh, um, Zoffy, and it was, I was like, okay, we're obviously supposed to be walking with another person, and it has to, happens to be a girl as well, a young woman, and um, so she was really, really fun. But she didn't come with us. It was Rebecca who came with us to the end, and you'd met, met Rebecca earlier on in the journey as well, hadn't you? Um, so do you think that you've made? I feel as if you've made that I've made a friend for life in you and um, watching you go along that journey. Do you think, including like Rebecca and Andrew, do you think you've made any other, other friends on the Camino? I think instead of you and Andrew, I have a friend 
Lucia? Did you know mm -hmm. her? No, I didn't meet Lucia. <laughs> okay, I think Andrini's Lucia. Yes, I met her somewhere in the middle. And then she took the car for, for a day. Mm -hmm. And then he saw us never again. But we're still in contact. And it's, yeah. Yeah, I met somebody, a Canadian woman, for what, for one day. And it was just... It was weird when you could you meet people sometimes in the community and you could be weeks with each other and then you build a very close relationship or you can have just have one day and you feel like you've known them forever as well so there's mm -hmm. um there's a woman i met called suzanne from canada and we just hit it off straight away but she was traveling with her husband who was also wonderful uh, and very handsome very very handsome man um and he likes like a cross between burt reynolds and um sean connery so yeah, very handsome, and he was a firefighter. But anyway, um, so that happens when you sort of yeah, if you're traveling with somebody else that you come with, and especially if it's a partner, then you kind of have to go at each other's paces. Um, so, but my pace was very much demanded with um, my friendship with Andre, because we I wanted to travel with him, or so he'd gone a bit further than me sometimes, and, and vice versa. But we'd always meet up generally at the end of the day. So I took seven weeks and two days to do my Camino. And yeah, it was quite a long time and I, and I spent a lot of money. <laughs> so how, how long was your Camino? Um, from the time I leave my home and get back here, it was 54 days. Mm -hmm. But I also spent the day in Paris. Oh, yes. Yeah, so I think... Just walking to 50 days. So more or less like you. So we started at the same point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's very sim very time. similar sort of time. Um, and so everybody tra travels kind of on a different budget. You get the, the sort of the high-end flyers um, who can just have hotels and whatever it is like they want, really. Or you get um, albergues or sometimes you get people camping and things. And... You probably cooked an awful lot. I would have cooked more, and I had like one group meal, maybe two, where I was allowed to cook, was able to cook. And I loved and relished that so much. But I think Andrea likes uh, sort of control. Um, if he's, He likes to be in his own kitchen, and he likes to know where his things are. <laughs> and um, so he was just like, I'm going out to eat, you can come if you want. <laughs> and I was like, all right then. Because uh, I didn't really want to cook on my own, but I, I really enjoyed cooking for lots of people. So did you have lots of those experiences because you did a lot of your own shopping and a lot of your own cooking. So did you have many group meals with lots of people? No. <laughs> <laughs> so I cooked on my own and ate on my own. It's, I don't know. The albergues was not so many people in, so mm. I don't know how to get up for group meals. Well, the first weeks maybe two weeks was many people yeah then it was less and the last one or two weeks was more people again but in the in galicia there was nothing in the kitchen no plates no oh, wow or nothing it was a bit tough to cook <laughs> mm. but i think it was a reason why in the end nobody cooks in the library yeah I think things have changed since the um, the pandemic as well. So with cutlery and people sharing and all that sort of stuff, so I think 
they're still readjusting to all that. I think that's why a lot of the pots, pots and pans were, and we were kind of just coming off season as well. Um, but actually, one of the best times that was because Galicia was so wet, wasn't it? It was just yes. rained a lot. But we were getting closer and closer to um, Fistero after we took the little detour to Dumbria, if you remember Dumbria. That was in a, and then we got the albergue the day after. But it was a wonderful thing, ridiculously early in the morning, very close to the end of the journey. And um, and we bought like coffee shots and there was nothing in the kitchen really. So we found like a knife. And we still managed to make a huge breakfast. <laughs> and you, to- you made toast in a frying pan. <laughs> I've never seen anybody do that. It was, it was wonderful. So it was um, this- one of the best breakfasts I ever had on the Camino. So yeah. And I think a lot of that comes from love and, and necessity comes from invention, doesn't it? Not other way around, invention comes from necessity. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and some of my best memories are just those really simple things with, like, with yourself and, um, and people that I came close to. And it wasn't the huge cathedrals or um, even though they were spectacular, for me, the really important parts were a lot of it was revol- revolved around food and sitting down and kind of just making a connection with, with somebody who you would never normally connect with. Um, how important was it for you on your journey to sort of make connections with people? Not that important, I think. So, I don't know, the most people I talked to, they talked first to me. <laughs> and yes, it changed a bit in the end. And I feel that my. Aura, do you know that? What's the word? Aura? Aura, yes, aura. Yes, yes. aura. It changed a bit on the Camino, and so more people like me. It hmm. sounds a bit bad, but... <laughs> no, 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 not at all. I When I was talking about coming back to that meditation story earlier, and I was meditating, and then I felt a presence in the room, and I looked up and... I didn't recognize you at first, not because it was dark. It was just like there was a different aura. There was a different energy to you. And in that time you would been apart, you'd grown. And, and I could actually sort of sense that. It was strange. It was kind of like, who's it? I'm like, oh, my goodness, it's Martha. And I could, and I could just see straight away that, that the, the, the journey for you, it had changed you somehow. Yes, it's changed me. And so for you, I mean, because that's quite a, it's a long sort of like, some people might see that as a spiritual, something happened there as part of the journey, um, whether it's mental, spiritual or religious or something along those lines. Do you, did you take that journey for any of those reasons? Did you want it to be spiritual or religious or, I mean, because you, you come from a Christian faith. Is that right? Yes, that's right. And, um, I don't know, I think before I lost my my religion and my belief then, and on the Camino it came back day for day, it was stronger and stronger, and it's a nice thing. So you can live without that, but it's nicer to live with. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, because I lost my faith years ago, but... And, um because of my sexuality and how the church review views that and um and it's nothing to do with my relationship with whatever could be seen as god for whatever better for what for a better word um because it's all they're all just labels 
to sort of, for that for me um, for that connection between myself and everything else in the universe. That's how I see God, um, and the Camino somehow kind of reconnected me through nature, through walking, through connection with other people. Um, that really showed me where God is for me. Um, and it was really nice to kind of just be around people who I can sort of express that to and sort of say, and not feel judged about it and kind of, um, cause it's really important because I mean, like you're around, you're in a Catholic country, you go to the churches if you choose to, um, and you do this, you do can feel something. There's a presence. Maybe it's just the people who've been there, a belief or something. Um, but the some for for me, especially if you come from a, a Catholic background like I have, and you are Catholic as well. Or were, yeah. um, <laughs> so if you come from these backgrounds, it, with all the symbolism and all that stuff and everything you've been brought up with, it built the types of um, plays into all of that. And I came back feeling a lot closer to my roots and to where what I've been brought up with, even though I don't agree with a lot of the teachings of the church because it's from because it's um got me away from me yeah. but the camino itself which feels a lot older than the, the christian church well no apparently it is a lot older than the christian church um that's brought me closer to whatever god is yes true so did you did you feel that on your journey was there any sort of like specific moments when you felt like sort of you were in the presence of something bigger than yourself so that's what the day I go to the cruise of Ferrer. And the day before, I just told to myself and was so, I don't know if I can left all the things there and it's changed everything. I don't know that my problems are not the same problems after, so I don't know. But if everything will be fine and good in the future, mm. I want to see the sunset or a rainbow and I was there very early to be there alone and after I put my stone there the comes the sun came up and over the sun was the rainbow it was so wow it's both <laughs> wow so that was at the Iron Cross was it yes yeah that was a very magical place yeah that's true because hmm. in my it was I really like the fact that I kind of had that in my mind as if I get to that point, anything else after that was a bonus. So it was kind of because I knew it was like it's going to be so hard just to get there. And if I get there, then I'll feel like not like I'm done. But if anything happens between then and Santiago, then I'm happy. I can be at peace. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but we managed to get to Santiago, and everybody, including yourself and, and Andre, and they're all like, "You have to go to Fistera. You need to go at the end because if you don't do it, then you won't feel it's completed." Did you always want to go to Fistera? Was that always part of your plan? So, yeah, inside of me it was all the time a plan, but I was saying, "I will look how I feel, how it happens," and I think I was three or four days on the road and then I say I have to do it <laughs> yeah oh. it really did feel once we got to there it's like well there's no more that we can't do anymore that's it you've done it it's absolutely because I think if I'd stopped in Santiago then I'd be, and I would always be kind of going I could have gone 
and I, and I wouldn't know, I wouldn't have had, our friendship would still be there, but it, we wouldn't have had those extra few days of um, making memories together and having those conversations and getting very wet and cold. <laughs> but there were some of the, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a hard thing to describe to people because it sounds really uncomfortable and horrible, but it's one of the best uncomfortable and horrible things that I've ever been through. Yes, that's true. So I... I was really lucky. I didn't have many problems with my feet. I didn't get any like blisters because I really looked after them, did yoga and, and the things that I needed to do. But you had some problems with your shoes in the beginning, didn't you? <laughs> yes. So two times. Yeah. <laughs> I lost um, the... The sole? The sole. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the sole of my shoes. Um, first it was the white one and... Yes, there was you and Andre. Debbie. With me. And Debbie White. <laughs> I was thinking about this name. <laughs> and Debbie and I walked, started first, and then my shoe broke. <laughs> and I was crying because I didn't know what to do. <laughs> and that was the first time I gave you a hug. Yeah, that's true. It was a good hug. <laughs> <laughs> I like hugs, but we got some gaffer tape and we we taped up the shoe and we got you to a to a cobbler and sorted that out. And then you had another problem a little, a little later on. Yes, then I worked two days, and then we had a shoe repair. And I don't know a week after, two days before, I arrived in Leon. What other shoe books? <laughs> <laughs> but this was much easier for me because I know what to do. <laughs> Excellent. So, would you do the Camino again? Really good question. So, I think I would do another Camino. Not the same, but... Yeah. Yes. I don't know why I don't do... Good things twice. <laughs> no, I'm the same. I'm the same. I, I would. I loved it, but I don't want to. Because we met Debbie on that thing, and she kept coming back. Um, and it was the same. Like she would like she would go back to Disneyland. It was kind of like she, it's the same sort of mentality. That's something she's enjoyed, so she'll come back and do it again. It's not a judgment on anybody who wants to do Camino de Frances over and over and over again. But there's so many other things, and I don't. For me, I don't want to spoil my memories of meeting you and meeting Andrea and Rebecca and everything else I've been through the whole bunch of new people. So I, I, it's a, it was such a special thing to me that I ended up getting a tattoo. You got a haircut. <laughs> you got... <laughs> and a piercing. You got yourself pierced. So, yeah, little things, to re little things to remember a very important journey by. And I feel, as I said from the start, this is the one and only time I'm doing the Camino. I will never do this again because it's crazy and it's a very long way and I'll be very surprised if I get there. And so was everybody. And I did. And we got there and through support and, and love and friendship and, and that connection that we all made. Um, but now I've finished it. I'm walking every day. I'm kind of doing at least five miles every day because my body's still going, nope, I need it. I'm sorry. It's just, this is what I need. I need this as a human. My body needs this sort of exercise. Running's not my thing. Uh, general sports is not my thing but walking I can do walking and I love it and I'll feel 
And I do feel somewhere inside that I'll have another big period of my life of grief at some point, and it's really, really good to sort of um, to walk the grief away. I think that's kind of one of the reasons why I sort of did the Camino in the first place, because I knew was, I was hurting from a lot of stuff. Um, so I think that if I do the Camino again, then that'll probably be it. It'll be for, for that, those reasons. Um, will you come with me? <laughs> I would. <laughs> <laughs> excellent well thank you so much for for being on the podcast and um we'll talk more properly soon just you and me so nobody else is listening um but yeah it's it's wonderful to see you and i miss you and buen camino and and the and one word that i've learned from you choose <laughs> bye i love you bye you too